Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern Podcast. This is the year 2016. Actually, it's not for us. We're still the Monday before New Year's. But for you, listening to this podcast right now, it's 2016. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up from 2015, guys? How's it going in the future? Yeah, probably not as cool. Like, we have hoverboards here. What is, what's 2016 got? They're not called hoverboards, man. They roll. They have wheels. They light up and they have wheels. It's like everybody thinks that it's so cool that I got a hoverboard for Christmas, but it's like they don't hover. They do explode, though. Did really? Yeah. Oh, you haven't heard? They're like oh, having no. massive recalls because they're exploding in people's houses and when I people are on them. I love it. I mean, yeah. I don't love any bodily harm that was caused by people, but it's hilarious to me that it's such a dinky looking device. Something, I mean, it's really, be, have you tried one? They're really fun. I was just going to gonna say, as I, it's I like want, really fun. I, I want to redact my comment about them being dinky because, like, I haven't ri- ridden one. They just like, they're silly looking. They're like segways, but like, I'll bet you it's real cool to ride one. It's like, I've ridden a segway and I've ridden one. It's way better. Like, not having handles. You're first off. The first like five minutes, you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill myself," but then you're just like, "You just zoom around." My brother's 12, and he got one, and he just yeah. kind of zooms around. I 14. heard good things. As a man in the toy industry, you probably thought those were pretty cool when you saw them. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're expensive. I don't know how they're selling. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah. All right, so for you guys out there listening, you probably are wondering, "Oh, what are they going to talk about?" Because I didn't read the title of this episode. We are going to be talking about the top 10 blue cards. In modern. So we've, I think at this point, we've done, I would almost, I know we've done white. I know we've done artifact. I think we've done red. I thought we did green. I remember we did red. Because, we did red because Jimmy's. Yeah, Mr. 100%, 100%. Red. red and white. Just red, white. That's really? It. Yeah. We've only and done two colors. Red, white, and colorless. And like top, and a bunch of other top 10 things that we talked about, but just of the colors, those are the only ones. We haven't done green because Tarmogoyf wasn't number one on the list yet. Right. And Big birthing pod always tricks me into thinking we did green. We've black. we have told you, listeners. We've done top ten commons. We've done we've top, done top 10, ten blue cards multiple of the, times of the Mirrodin block. We keep pretending yeah. that we've done top ten blue. We've no, it's never done. It's, it's weird. Because it's finally it's, happening today. It's exciting because like it's okay. In my opinion, it blue is the, the best, best color, color in magic. magic. Yeah, and so like the best cards in modern are blue. But <laughs> it's it's funny because like doing this episode, like you you sort of you think about it and you're like, well. But I feel like we've done this episode because we've talked about several of these of the cards. cards on these lists a bunch of times. Um, yeah, but that's what top tens are supposed to be. We're a year-long podcast. We should be mentioning at least all of the cards in these lists at least a couple times on the podcast for different reasons. 100%. So before we get into the list, we should just re- always, always remember to mention our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Yep. They do incredible commander content. Yeah. Jimmy Wong and Josh Lee Kwai, they, they put a The ton- double J's. They're like J.J. They like made Star Wars. Yeah, two J's. Well, Josh did. He worked on it. That's true. It was cool. So cool. I've seen it twice. I love it. Cool. You've yeah, seen it three I've, times. Four times. Yeah, I'm gonna see it a third time in 3D this week. I'm seeing it um, again tomorrow. It's exciting. Yeah. In 3D. Uh, I actually I think I want to see it. In, it we don't need to go. Okay. Not in 3D. I'm, down, I'm not done with 3D. All uh, right. So anyway, the command zone you can find that on rocketjump.com where we are also hosted. So check that out. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at at the MMCast. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. I am at Kess Wiley. And we will happily interact on so, any subject. Speaking you guys of that, so something that we've done in the last uh, the last top ten when we did top ten Mirrodin cards, we've started doing um, our honorable mentions. We we do is a top like we compete against each other. We pick five it's underrated like cards. We like fight the five and, cards, and um, whoever wins gets to get a meal out of the deal. And basically, how it works is we each name a card, and then they battle. And then on Twitter, I'm going to make a poll. And if you go follow us and check it out at the MM Cast, you can see and you can vote which of those two cards is better. Last um, time, Kessler beat me by literally like three votes. Three votes. So you're like, you know how sometimes you feel like your vote doesn't matter because there's an electoral college in the United it States? It cost me dinner. And in this, your vote matters. Only you can prevent Ben from losing another meal to me. Yeah, I think my five are real sweet this time. So um, anyway, if I sound froggy, I, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. Me and too. Lastly, are you? Well, yeah. it's, it's that season. The last thing to mention is that uh, we are trying to do these things now in one take. So occasionally we do, in fact... Have to pause it and you know cut something out, but we try now to just do one take. So if right. you hear a flub or something funny, it's it's all natural. It's all natural. Plus, it's, we're still in a kitchen, so kitcheny noises might happen. We're still between, yeah, we're still between uh, places. We I just should, reorganized my guest room though, so and it has a good recording sit, set up now. So soon, moving forward, your guest room is competing with the full full scale production studio. We should hopefully be moving into soon. So yeah, one uh, day we'll see what happens. You keep telling me, yeah, it never happens. Uh, uh, I know. One thing before we also start, uh, just more things. Uh, 
Star Wars was awesome. I really liked it. And uh, it that's like my second obsession in life. Uh, probably over magic. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. Too. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I will argue and talk about it on nonstop. I also do uh, these cool little... Uh, I tweet out while watching movies now. <laughs> yeah, you also like write whole like freaking essays on movies. That yeah, I may you have, watch I may have wrote a six-page essay disagree with Max Landis on whether or not Mary Sue or uh, Ray is Mary Sue. That we get into the episode. Right. Yeah, okay, let's continue. Five minutes <laughs> in. All right. So number one, top ten blue cards in modern. Who wants to go first? Uh, we... you go first. Okay, go first. My number one card in modern that is blue. Is going to go at the end of this podcast, but my number ten card <laughs> is Pact of Negation. Okay, this this is a this is definitely a bubble card for me. I'm glad yeah. it made it on your list. So this this is this tends to be with most colors, it's a little easier than blue. With blue, the cards that are good are good for like the reason that good cards in Magic are good usually, which is like they're just intrinsically powerful and they affect the game state and they're just like well costed and they're tricky and they're reactive. So there's not a lot of cards like this one where I look at it and I go, in a bubble, this card is incredibly unique and modern. It's an actual free counterspell. Oh, disrupting Shoal. Yeah, but Disrupting Shoal is extremely uh, dependent on what's in your hand. True. It's this the only card, consistent free counterspell. Now, you can lose the game if you play this card at the wrong moment, but at the end of the True. day, this functions in the same way. This functions even more uniquely than Force of Will does in a lot of cases. Because you can kill people with it alongside now, things like... Think later. Yeah. So it's not only is it a card that is unique and powerful, but it's also a card that sees play in several tier one archetypes in modern. It has. And by several, you mean uh, Amulet Bloom. It sees play in Amulet Bloom. And it sees play in my blue-white control deck with Teleri West. I've seen it see play. <laughs> I've seen it see play in... I've seen this card in Gorio's Vengeance. I've also seen this card in uh, the what the one deck. What's it called? Ad nauseum. I've Ad nauseum. It. Yeah, it's it's a state. Yeah, no, 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 I was kidding. There are hive mind decks that are devoted to hive mind that this card's obviously huge in. Uh, I mean, this card is it's it's no, no, it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's I, it was one. in my weird bubble because it was like it was too played to be in my honorable mentions, but I didn't want to bump it up. I think over some other cards to put it in my top ten. I remember opening this when I was at the pre-release for Future Sight, and I was it was just so cool. Like one of those moments where I looked at this card and I was like, "Whoa!" Like it's zero. It's not a blue card, and it's and, like any cool card the says art? you win the game and/or you lose the game. There's always a, a reason to look at it. Well, and the art on this card's really, really, really cool. Uh, of all the packs that came out, like they all are cool and they're all expensive, but this one's like twenty five dollars. So like it. Would you say this is your favorite pack? Of the five? Yeah. Easy. Okay. I love Slaughter. Yeah, Slaughter Pack's probably my favorite. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I also, I mean, I do, I do think that um, Summoning, Summoner's Pact is cool as well. Yeah, those are the three good ones. Yeah, I mean, like Summoner's Pact is uniquely cool because you can, you can get Primeval Titan and just like get Primeval Titan and play it. But I think yeah. this card, I think this art is the coolest by a mile. I don't have the art in front of me, sure, but I will, I will take your word for it. Foil Pact of Negation is a very cool-looking card. I really want one of those Foil in Pact. my life. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. day. Uh, all right, so moving on to my number 10, Yep. since we start rambling about art, talking about art. Uh, Master of Waves. You put Master on Yeah, those. so Master of Waves is kind of also my merfolk uh, Interesting. person. I think that Master of the Waves is underrated as one of the key reasons that deck is so powerful. Um, it is their top end. It is the reason they can just kill people. Uh, it is also the least redundant piece in that deck. Every yeah. other every other card kind of has like eight versions of them available to them, or is like just a role player. Like I'm not going to put Curse Catcher in my top ten. Um, Master of the Waves is a card that they can cast and they will kill people. It is also unique in the fact that it is abrupt decade resistant and Inquisition of Kozlek resistant, which and is lightning bolt resistant and lightning bolt resistant, which yeah. is like a very uniquely powerful place to be we we talked about this a while back i don't remember exactly which episode it was on but i do remember we there was one episode we talked a lot about master and why we thought it was so good oh i remember what it was we a long time ago we did that grand architect master of waves uh brew and it had uh, right. chalice of the void and we settled on the idea that master of waves with architect was so cool because the plus one plus one from architect could give the tokens life they could even survive after through, right he died and so and i think at the time we were examining just those things inquisition abrupt decay and bolt which are three of the most ubiquitous pieces of disruption removal in the format. So I can understand where you come from. It's a little hard for me to get behind something that is only really powerful as a fringe two to three of. No, no, no. It sees main deck four of. Does it? Yeah. And it's in the top 50 most played creatures in the format. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought this was like only in Merfolk has a two to three of. No, no Merfolk oh, plays four, and it's Merfolk, so like it, is only, it only sees play in Merfolk. I will, I'll give you that, but That's Merfolk is that ubiquitous. It's the best blue, mono blue deck. I don't know if it's I agree. the only mono blue deck. I don't deck know if I agree that. with you that across the board this is a four of in Merfolk, but I mean maybe. maybe. It's not, of course, it's not across the board, but in most winning deck lists, there's four and maybe three. It's closer getting, to four, like, three When I was two, getting three. a Merfolk list that I was messing with during the summer, and I was like trying to, I wanted a GM collected company. Yeah, but you're a GM collected company. That's no, no, why you weren't playing National When I took a stock list, it was it was two to three of these. And I was trying to decide if I could cut down to two main deck as opposed to three, not four. Because like if there's four of something in a deck, you're like, this this is one of the best cards. You have to keep this. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I can see where you're coming from. I don't necessarily totally. It, it does get a little bit of points because it is my representative for the Merfolk tribe. Interesting. So I cut I cut the uh, two mana lords from my list. They were they're honorable mentions. Okay. Um, my number nine is largely seen in Merfolk. It's spreading seas. Okay. My, spreading seas is on my list. It is uh, my number eight. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So we're right in the same range. So the reason I put spreading seas, the reason I think spreading seas is so good, is that what I tend to do when I make these lists is I try to focus on cards that I think are intrinsically powerful. I don't like to put cards on my list that are Syn- synergistically powerful. Yeah, like I don't. I like to think about cards in a vacuum because it, it bothers me when this is the, the classic example of this is when we talk on red and I didn't put Splinter Twin in my top ten. You did because Splinter Twin as a card is clunky and not powerful. It just happens to have synergy with another couple cards in the format that make it an instant win. Right, and you were wrong, but continue. So, you know, for me, Spreading Seas is a card where Spreading Seas pushes Merfolk over the edge, no doubt. Spreading Seas also is an incredibly underplayed card. I mean, that card... Uh, I, I, oh, I agree. I think it's criminally underplayed. It's, I think that card is much better than people give it credit for. It's a, it's, a, it's a damn near land destruction spell that draws you a card. Right. And it's a permanent. So, like, any effect that allows you to bounce a permanent back to your hand and replay it, you can cantrip the thing a second time. Because it's so good early... But then, and then, like late, if you can get it back to your hand and recast it, it's just a recyclable cantrip. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of effects that are underplayed in modern that do bounce things to your hand. There's, they're not usually tier one, but like they're powerful. So, I, oh, I think. What about like Venser Planeswalker? You can just keep blinking it, draw a card every turn, totally, yeah, move yeah. it around when they get colored. I mean, you should never play that card. But he's a classic one. I mean, I, I, I just, think, I just think that this card is awesome. I'm a big fan. It's also an enchantment, which is unique. Uh, it's it's rare well, that it helps, it helps with devotion count. It knocks people out of mana. It's one of the best ways main deckable to fight Tron. Like it does all these really important things that these decks need to do. It's yeah, I mean it's a two mana enchantment that will always have a target, always, and draws you a card. Like that can you name another two mana enchantment in modern? Well, I think enchantment doesn't matter that much. I think two mana card that cantrips and No, no. Enchantment. It's a unique it's a unique permanent type. There are permanent types that respond to enchantment. So, like this, this puts you into a design space where you're like, yeah, but like the like theoretically, that's a negative because if they somehow get rid of it and they have a Tarmogoyf, it makes their Tarmogoyf bigger because that's the card type. What if you have a Tarmogoyf? I'm saying that's uncommon, not bad, but uncommon. (laughs) With spreading seas, yes, I'm just saying, yeah, spreading seas and Tarmogoyf hanging out. The fact that you can have an enchantment that draws you a card that costs two. That will always have a target is extremely unique. Right. I just, I, my point is that the enchantment factor of those, those of all of the abilities, the fact that it's an enchantment maybe, maybe is the least important. Maybe it's the, the most important. fringe of the important details there, but it still matters. Go ahead. All right. Uh, my number nine is also an enchantment, uh, and also an aura, and also enchants lands once in a while. It is in Soul Artifact. You put in Soul Artifact on there. Yeah, number nine. It dropped out of my even. It even dropped out of my honorable mentions. It's well, not even in my five. You have honorable mentions. Even I mean, like we don't have on all met. We have like underrated, super cool cards. Not really. We have cards we want to fight. It's not in any of my fifteen. Okay. Like I, it was in my obviously it was in my forty-four that I pulled that I had to <laughs> decide from. Yep. And I've thought well, about me, this let card. Me, let me explain it. All right. So it's blue and colorless. Uh, you attach it to any artifact. It makes it into a five-five creature. Um, the importance of this is often you put it onto indestructible artifacts or flyers or other things, making it a very strong aggressive card out of the affinity decks yeah 100 percent. it's so, also the best way affinity decks really have to fight against um uh stony silence because it's just a creature that need it's just an aggressive 5-5 creature that they have a hard time shutting out yeah like this is another one of those things where like you think about it in a vacuum it's very powerful in the sense that it it's gives you the opportunity to attack for five damage on turn two there's not very many things in modern that allow you to do that. Now, if you go beyond that and you say, on top of allowing you to attack for five on turn two, there are sideboard implications and a tier one strategy where this card 
goes from just being cool and unique to like actually good and competitive in a tier one strategy, that's where you start to make a list like this. And so that's for me where I did consider it. There's a lot of very good cards that are blue and modern, so it's hard to, to make the list, but I totally respect it at nine. That's, that's, that's a very comfortable place for it. All right. So moving on to eight, uh, my eight, we already did cause it was spreading seas. I'm uh, sure my eight is higher on your list. Uh, what is your eight? Cryptic command. My cryptic command is much higher on my list. How high? Like top five. Wow. Here's the reason I cut it from from so like this. High is, enough where I don't want to tell you where it is because yeah. it'll keep it dramatic to not let the audience know what my my plans are. I decided with cryptic command and also with mana leak. So for those who don't know, Cryptic Man is three blue and a colorless, uh, and it reads, do whatever you want. It's, it's an instant. <laughs> it's choose two. Uh, it's a command, uh, similar to Colgan's command and the other commands. Yeah. Uh, it's the original s- set of them. Uh, and basically what you get is you get to draw a card, bounce a permanent, tap all creatures target player controls, or... Counter target spell. Counter target spell. I remember when this card was spoiled in the official spoiler on the mothership. I remember reading the spoiler article. As they're, you know, as they do, and they're trying to justify to you why it's good and all the cool things about it and how cool their spoiler is. But it actually was that cool. Like <laughs> it, it, it actually was everything that they thought it was. Yeah, like, as we sit through spoiler season right now, and we're all well aware. Of- yeah, it's like that's how it goes. And so uh, this card's amazing. I mean, but he, the only problem with modern as a format has evolved in such a uniquely interesting way, where counter magic in modern has shifted in this, like. You could never have imagined when Modern launched as a format that Counter Magic would be in the place three and a half years later that it is. Like, it's it's so strange, right? Because I had to look at this card and Mana Leak both, and I had to think to myself, okay, Mana Leak, when the format launched, was very clearly the best counterspell. Like, that was the default counterspell. That was the thing you would play. It was like, oh, we get to play Mana Leak. It's the best counterspell at two mana. That isn't obviously hard counter. So I have a question. Is Mana Leak on your list? I'm not going to say anything. Okay, Mana Leak's not on my list. It's not on my list either. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it, I don't I don't think it's... So it, So I was going to say that... Well, the, the problem, problem with Mana Leak is that its relationship with Path to Exile makes it so that the decks that would be best with a Mana Leak are actively hurting their plan with Mana Leak because you're ramping them with your best removal spell. So I found myself looking at Cryptic Command and Mana Leak and having the same reaction, which was that in this format where it is now, neither of these cards is... Neither of these cards is as sort of backbreakingly incredible as you imagine they would be. Manalik completely, it's fallen off. Now, Cryptic sees quite a bit more. I mean, Manalik still sees play. Like, yeah, and, this and is a very competitive list of 10 things. I, For me, the reason Cryptic is so low. If you want to yell at me about Insole Artifact versus Manalik, feel yeah. free. The reason Cryptic is so low for me, and, and I could have seen putting Cryptic much higher, but the reason I decided to put Cryptic so low is that really the only deck that plays Cryptic Command significantly that's a top-tier deck is Scapeshift. And... Like even even the Patrick Chapin Grixis list that launched playing one or two cryptic commands doesn't even play it anymore. The Grixis control list don't play it. Like it's that's not blatantly true. It depends on what list you're working with. Because it at four mana, it's a very clunky card. It's just it just is. I can see this card being incredible with Jace. It seems amazing with Jace, but it also seems like I could see cutting this card from my deck. And the idea of this being anything other than a two of a deck is very hard for me to imagine, unless you're talking about Scapeshift. So. I get it. I've seen it. I've built decks I'll, with I'll, it. I'll discuss my reasons for loving this card when we get to my my side of the coin. I love Cryptic Command. I'm just saying eight's a little low in my mind, especially with the cards I have ahead of it, but that's my justification. All right, so for number seven, I actually have a card that you probably have way higher, so we'll do a little switch on this one. Uh, for my number seven, I have Vendillion Click. It's not that much higher, but it's higher. Okay, uh, so for those who don't know, Vendillion Click is the, like, the go-to legendary blue creature of modern, and it is a three-one flyer. I would say the least important detail of Vendillion Click is, is it's legendary. legendary. It's uh, like the most irrelevant. Well, it means detail. you can't play two at once, but it's a. I don't know how irrelevant it is based off of deck building purposes, but it is a three-one when it, uh, flash flying when it enters play. You may look at target player's hand and put a card from that hand onto the bottom of their library, and then they draw a card. Um, if you do that. Uh, been printed twice in Modern Masters, both yep. at Mythic. Uh, once as a GP promo and once as the card that was printed when it came out in Borrow uh, yeah. Block. It was. It, there's also been a DCI promo. It was originally a rare in Morning Tide, which is the second set in the Lauren Block. It right. was printed originally as part of the Fairy Cycle. They were creating Fairy decks that were very good in Modern or very good in Standard, 
And the fact that it was legendary was there to prevent you just from just like just jamming your deck full of four. Well, this this, this, this is a legendary writer that definitely is a developmental one versus a because um, often the creatures get legendary because they're like it's a flavor cool reason. Yeah. But once in a while, wizards will use the legendary rules where you can't have more than one in play at a time. Yeah. As a developmental thing, where it's like we don't. It, this card would be too good if you could have two in play at the same time. Yeah. If you could just just not tap out and keep playing three one flashes that discard cards from your opponent's hand, that would be a problem. I mean, it already is almost a problem, right? Like, well, like like instant speed discard. Well, one of the reasons call against command is so good is you can in, you can like in a top deck war during their draw step make them discard a card so they can't get to play it. Like instant speed discard is also almost always too powerful. Yeah. Uh, uh, attached to a three one body that's super strong. Like obviously this card's really good. Flash three one body. Yeah, the reason I mean, it's the only number seven for me is partly similar reasons you mentioned for Cryptic Command, where it's only really ever sees play as like a one or a two of. Yeah, it really does. Um, and Which, even then, like lists I've seen often now are cutting them down because we're moving a little bit away with Jace from control decks being a instant speed based deck and more of a. Um, tap out control value, deck, value grind, deck. Yeah, which is a um, counter spells suffer. Yeah, I mean, Vanillion Click, well, we won't have to. We, we've talked quite a bit about it. I, we can we can revisit it when we get to mine, where it is. It's a little lower. All right. Uh, what's your number seven? My number seven is Dispel. Okay. I cut Dispel, but mostly because I yeah. was bored of it. We did it in the commons list just like a month or right. two ago. Um, you know, the everything we said about Mana Leak and Cryptic Command the opposite side of it is why Dispel is on the list. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's cheap. It's everywhere in almost every single deck in the format, even creature decks, which classically would, you know, this card would be weak against, but they're now playing Collected Company and or Colgan's Command. It does kind of everything you want it to. It's just like, it's so... Pretty I, weak I, against Master Waves and his Merfolk buddies. I do think that this format, one of the things I love so much about it, one of the things I find so fascinating about it is that I love that the format has become pushed in this direction where a card like Dispel... Okay, because like, let's be honest. You open a booster pack, right? And you're a, you're a medium-experienced player. You're not somebody who scours lists online and you're traveling to tournaments. Like, You know magic cards, you've played magic cards, and you evaluate magic cards on site, on feel. You read Dispel. You think to yourself, wow, if I could just counter any of these cool spells my opponents play for one blue, how good would that card be? This card would be amazing, but they're never going to always have an instant. And like, this is just so niche. So I should play a, a more versatile card, even, even like spell pierce. I should play spell pierce. What's so cool about modern is that like the format has moved in a direction where like you can actually justify playing a card like this spell. And it is as good as you imagine it could be when you open yep. the booster pack the first time because the format is the way that it is. And I think that's so cool because it's like, I want to build this deck, and I oh, I have six slots, and I want to play some counter magic. Oh my god, I get to play three dispels, and they're gonna be so impactful almost all the time. My deck's so efficient and cool. It's awesome. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. All right, number six. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about that. Uh, my number six is uh, similarly costed, but barely. Uh, Gitaxian probe. Oh god, you put Gitaxian probe on your list? Oh yeah, that card's. Super good and important in no, so many it, different it, it, decks. It barely, I'm actually surprised it's not on your list. Barely missed my list. I just I don't think in a vacuum it's like I thought your oh god was like how is that not higher on your list? I used to I used to think Gitaxian Probe was amazing. I, I I get why it is. It's I would say that Gitaxian Probe is incredible for similar reasons. You could argue that Thought Scour is incredible. Obviously, Gitaxian Probe has more versatility than Thought Well, Scour. it's free. It it lets you get way more information. I mean, like. It also does similar things where you do get cards in your graveyard because of it. It can't, like, it. I don't know. It, like, if you look at the last year and a half of modern, every degenerate strategy takes Gitaxian Probe to a level that's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I seriously considered it. Andrew Brown, like, when we talked about top blue, mo uh, top commons, I think, mm -hmm. I told him that Gitaxian Probe, I was considering putting it pretty high, and he, like, was like, Ugh. He like scoffed at it, and like obviously he's extremely judgmental and very smart and good at magic. So like it's hard for me to like not just like yeah, I'm calling him out. You're wrong. Cataxian <laughs> Probe is the sh is awesome. He was more like it doesn't even see play recently. But although that was like two months ago or something. But uh, I mean I I get it. Like I don't think you're crazy. It's just I couldn't justify putting it ahead of some of these other cards. But I understand why you would. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Not as cool as Dispel though. All right, uh, I think it's way cooler than Dispel. 
That's why it's my number six. It dispels your number seven. My right, number go. six is Delver of Secrets. Oh, he didn't make it my list. Yeah, I thought I thought he might not. Delver is... He's never been good in modern. Delver is That's not by true. far okay. on my list I'm a fan. the most polarizing card on the list. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> because, he's making the reference because... It's the fly. Delver of Secrets is one blue for a human wizard that is a 1-1, one, one, and he states at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. If it is an instant or sorcery card, flip Delver of Secrets. He is transformative, and he can flip over, and when he does, he becomes a 3-2 insectile aberration, which is a flying creature. So uh, Insect creature. And, insect and, creature. and the reason it's a Je- he's Jeff Goldblum is because Jeff Goldblum in the movie The Fly is a scientist who transforms himself into a bug monster, which this card is literally a re- like clearly a reference towards. Mind you... I mean, yes. it, it is one of the best <laughs> creatures ever printed. I just think it is missing the important cards that share making it so powerful, which is yeah. Brainstorm, Ponder, and Seer Visions, or uh, Preordain. Yeah, the best cards that make Delver good, you don't have. Uh, it doesn't change the fact there will always be an opportunity. Like, Whenever as you're ev- playing as, too much spells. No, as evidenced by the fact that when Treasure Cruise was printed, which was an unfair spell, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, Blue Red Delver just became the deck. Like, it well, because you add him when you're playing too many spells. He, it's not, but no, that doesn't but mean the, he was the reason the deck was good. He just is good in that deck. The point is that deck existed, was already good, and then Delver of Secrets. But Young Pyromancer was way more important than... My point is, like, you print one good card, and it pushes a deck like this is the best deck in the format, and that's because of how powerful this card is. It's always on the edge. It's always on the edge of being the card, and this, in it, on its own, in itself, and I've played against Blue Red, I've played against Grixis Delver, like... On its own, this card is good enough to be the front runner in a strategy. It definitely deserves to be on the list. You can't come up with a blue card in the format at creature that's even remotely close at one mana. Like it's, it's the only one at one mana in blue that's like the the card. So that's why I put it there. And we talked enough about that card. All right. So number five, we're in the top five now. Uh, yeah. The best five blue cards in the format. What's your number five? Did you do yours already? No. Oh, my number five is Vendillion Click. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that already. Yeah, I mean, I'll t- t- just it's really good. My last bits of bits of information. Super aggressive. Vanillion Click is a card that I feel like, in theory, when I'm building decks, I always end up putting more than I should. And that's true. Yeah, you always end up putting. <laughs> what always ends up happening is you put three Vanillion Clicks in your build. You test the deck. You move it to two, and then you go somewhere between one and three main deck to sideboard. Uh, you never couple a one, and you ask yourself a question: If I only have one of these in the main deck, then why is this even in the deck? Because the chances of drawing this in game one are so low. And the answer is, it's just really good every time you draw it, but you never want to draw it when you don't, when you don't want to. So two already gets dicey, and three is terrible. Um, which is there, like, as you said, the developmental decision to make it legendary was very prudent. And also... I, I, and I didn't really describe this one specific factor, because I feel like I hated on it more, just because I had it lower than you, when I really do love this card. It is a Swiss Army knife of versatility. Because you can you can make yourself put the card on the right. bottom. You have a card it. that you don't like in your hand, get rid of it. Your opponent, you know, and your opponent doesn't have any cards. You have, your opponent has too many cards. You want to make sure you, they don't want have their thing, and you want to go off on your next turn, so you cast at the end of their turn to make sure you can go off. It's just a 3-1 flying evasive creature that's a beater that flash, which is already, like above curve as far as creatures go and one of the coolest things about this card that gets a, a little that gets a little bit like a little bit missed sometimes is the fact that yes it's great if you're building fairies yes that's great if it's in grixis control it's also great when you play it alongside noble hierarch which is one of the best creatures in the format so when you play hierarch on turn one you can end of turn flash in a three one flying evasive creature that disrupts your opponent's hand on turn two when they have one land on the table if you're on the play like the idea that this good. is on three mana and plays at instant speed is so crazy. You don't see it very often, but like Bant, like Bant decks with this card as a three of have happened plenty of times. In theory, they haven't won tournaments, but I've built so many, and I feel like they're always so close. Right. Anyway, that's my number five. All right, my number five is also a rehash for us, and that would be Cryptic Band. It was literally my my five when I said my top five. How much do you love this card? Like, I really, really, really love it. It's you, like really good. What version do you play in your Geist deck in EDH? Uh, original Lorwyn. F- foil? Foil. You have an original Lorwyn foil? Yeah. It's like 50, 80, I have no 100? Idea. I haven't like priced out my Geist deck in a while. For those of you who don't know, I have a f- blue-white 
Geist of St. Jock DDH deck that's all foil. Other than the Tithe, which is custom art to be Luke Skywalker looking at two suns because it finds you two suns. It's, it's a pricey deck. And Tundra because um, that doesn't exist in foil. Yeah, it's a pricey one. Uh, that Yeah, like... But, yeah, no. Okay, so Cryptic Command. Let's break it down. This card literally lets you do anything you want. You want to attack your opponent, tap all their creatures down. You don't want your opponent to attack you, tap all your, their creatures down. You don't like that Kyranos that's in play, bounce it to their hand. You really would rather them not cast that Kyranos, counter it. And it, you know what? Oh, I, I don't like what it's doing right now. Draw a card so you can draw the next counterspell. You can chain counterspells. I have played a game where it was literally cryptic into romand into cryptic into snapcaster mage into cryptic into cryptic into romand into romand into cryptic killing them with this two 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 one snapcaster mage because they just never got to cast a spell again the thing about cryptic command that's so incredible it like the here here's here's what i will say so cantripping counterspells cantripping counterspells are insane all you, of them the you and I, magic. every time we do a list every time we build a deck we use decked right deck draft decked builder it's a great yes. app incredible app and it's organized when you search by casting cost and so when we do one of these lists, you know, I load up every single blue card in modern. I scroll through from beginning to end and it sorts by casting cost. As the same thing that happened to you, one and two mana is chock full. Like 30 of the 44 I pulled are one and two mana spells, right? Almost right. every card. You get to three and you have an idea. You know, Vendillion Click's going to be there. You know, maybe you'll, you'll look at Trinket Mage. You'll probably, you know, turn your head. By the time you get to four mana, you kind of know, like, the likelihood of me finding any cards at four is low because there's not that many. There's a few. Cryptic Command is clearly one of them. Once you pass four, you're almost not going to find a card. Like, you might find one or two between five and ten mana. I mean, Cryptic Command is definitively... Actually, it is tied for most expensive out of my 15. Oh, no. Master of Waves. Hey, there's some four drops. Stop painting on the four drop slot. I think Cryptic's my only four drop. So, the point is... How often in, in modern do you draw in your heart, a four drop card? In your brain, in your soul. <laughs> How often do you draw a four drop card and you look at it and you have that feeling of, oh, yes, this card's so good? I would argue that in modern, every single time I've ever drawn a four drop that I'm playing with, I have that emotionally feeling towards because it. Because it's so powerful. Because if I'm playing in a modern, like, four I drops mean, modern Rhino, so good. Kira, Pira, even Kieran and Pia Nalar is like, yeah. oh, they're not going to do anything to me. Like, Back in the day, Bloodbraid Elf, <laughs> Siege Rhino, like four drops are almost almost always two for one. Birthing Pod, almost a hundred percent of the time, yeah. they're value. And Cryptum, like the joke with Cryptum Man, so they printed a textless version of it, which yeah. I had and I traded away um, for the the Lorwyn version. But yeah, um, the reason they kind of make the joke of this card does whatever you want it to say because there's a textless version and you'd cast it and people are like, oh, what is it? You'd be like, oh, I win. Because 90% of the time when you cast Cryptic Command, you're like, uh, I am going to bury you in I value. I bounce your threat and counter your spell, and then I win on the next turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I it's... draw a card, and you just it sounds like you're making up what you're doing. Yeah. It's really, really it's good. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It just does anything you could ever want. It's kind of like, well, like, so the other thing is, a lot of the times these types of cards are versatile because, like, they cheat. So one of the reasons I think Colgan's Command is so good is because it's really five options. Because it's two damage to target creature or player. Yeah. And this is tap their creatures on your turn or on their turn. So it's like either a turbo fog card or it's a alpha strike card. And like that on top of the fact that drawing card is just always good and countering a spell is always good and bouncing any type of permanent, you can put them off a of land. This is like spreading seas 2.0. That's an interesting point, you know, that when you say that that like it creates the fifth option. I think that's that's a very like intuitive it's an intuitive um, mode to pay attention to as like a right. magic enthusiast that like something Yeah, it is true because it's like the same thing you say with cryptic that you're really going to play it one of those two modes, and 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 they each focus on such distinctly different decision trees, right? Um, well, like and, and even the bounce, like that's why Cryptic Command is insane because like bounce, if it was bounce target creature, or bounce even target non land permanent, yeah. fine. But the fact that you can either bounce their creature that's a threat, or bounce their tap land so that their next turn they're down a mana, or like is bounce like, your creature in response to their target right, removal, it's, it's, like it's and insane. draw a card, it does really whatever you could ever want a card to do. It's, it's like it's a, a perfect Swiss Army. It's like name. a perfect two for one, no right. matter what. So, what is your number, number four? Five? Number four? Are we number four? Oh, number four. All right, I have a question here actually. Of your number four, top four, how many are creatures? How many are spells? Uh, one, two, or creatures, two, or spells. Uh, me too. I'm, I'm guessing our top four is not the same order, but the same cards. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way because you haven't said any of my top four. What's your number four? Remand. Uh, okay. My, okay, go. I mean, my... Remand is the best counter spell in modern. Um, it is one yeah, blue, one colorless, instant, counter target spell. 
if a spell is countered this way, return that spell to its owner's hand, draw a card. Um, what we were talking about versatility before, the fact that you can counter your own spells to bring them we've back. Also, yep. We've also talked about remand. It's really good enough. against Lingering Souls. And it's in your top four, I'm assuming. Uh, it is number, my number three. Yeah, okay. So we yeah. can we both harp on it. Um, remand, my first experience with Remand was in 2007, and it was in Dragonstorm Standard. And I have told the story in the podcast before, but I was getting into standard competitive magic. I was playing regionals. They don't have regionals anymore, but regionals used to be the deal where if you won it, you'd go to states. And I had never done, right? No, but I think they, they don't have those anymore. Regionals? Or maybe I'm thinking of regional SCG events. Never mind. Yeah. Continue. The regionals was like a There was thing. a regional to state like tournament event, but it's not what it used to be. Okay, yeah. continue. You would go to states, and then if you won states, you'd be the state champ. And I, I, I've actually met at various tournaments like a handful of state champs, and they always like have this like, I was state champ 2004. It's like, there's also like the inside joke. Like, I was means, state champ 1988. Yeah, it means nothing. That's yeah. the point. Well, I mean, I wasn't. Th- that's the point. Like, <laughs> I remember I played like a guy as... I was born in 1988. Champion played, of Ohio, champion. <laughs> I played Child of Gaia once, like that card from Urza's Saga, like in like a casual game, and some some like total goober was like, one state champ, such and such with that card, and I was, and he was like, I was like, cool, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like so <laughs> bad, like he just anyway. So I I remember regionals was my first was my first one, and so Dragonstorm Standard at the time was the the premise was like you would play Remand and you would just build up mana and you'd suspend Lotus Bloom and then eventually you would just cast Dragonstorm with like big storm count. Put a bunch of boat, uh, the garden hellkites. Yeah, the hellkite that does five divided, and then like usually one hunted dragon because you'd like draw have drawn one by that point, and you would deal twenty damage in one turn. And I was like, I don't want to play that deck. I want to build my own deck. So I built a deck with Joyra of the Gitu, trying to suspend Niv Mizzet of the Firemind, and then flash in Aphidian. I when it came into play to go infinite on upkeep. Complete joke. Terrible deck idea. Tons of flaws. I had no no clue why it was bad. It was in standard. So. Uh, Remand was a huge linchpin of both strategies, and I think at the time I didn't realize how important it was to even making my idea semi-viable. Because yeah, Remand's really good. My, my my first experience with the card, and I will I will tell you, it's number three. I think we mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, and I knew it was good because it was like, oh, it's kind of spell two mana, draw a card, but like it's amazing. But uh, first modern pre TQ played against a Valakut opponent, and we both had quad Remands, and we literally had all four of them on the stack at one point. And he wrecks me because he remands his own remand, countering all my other things. And I was like, what? And, I, and like, I didn't know that was a thing because I was a child. Right. And uh, a child of 21 years old, I think, at the time. But I was just like, I don't, I don't even... Yeah, because like the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole deal with remand... And you quit. Ca- like, the best way to counter their counter spell is to remand your own spell. Because it fizzles that spell. It, like... And you draw a card. You yeah. counter your counter spell keep and then draw two cards which is yeah. super valuable yeah it's awesome so that's like that's like the that's always the backup plan moment with remand is like countering your own counter to get the card and like fizzle a bunch of stuff um awesome awesome play remand is a great card everybody knows that what's your number four my number four he's a new he's a new kid on the block uh he oh, was really? once an adult uh that's only so that he's only your number four he's my number four he's my number three uh i would say this man has uh Dominated a few formats in his day, but uh, this one specifically is new to the modern format. His name is Jace Fern Prodigy. Yeah, he's my number three. Uh, this guy's awesome. I, I mean, I've been I've since we talked to the the Grixis control deck. I've yeah. now added quad to I know my full playset, and uh, they're yeah. in every blue deck I play in modern now. I have two of them. They're so between the two glorious. Of them, six of them. Yeah, soon to be more. Uh, I want to get at least one more because I want to take one of my Comic Con ones and put it in my Geist deck. Oh, you have a Comic Con one. I have two Comic Con ones. You jerk. <laughs> So yeah, Jace, in Jace I in line. Vrin's I prodigy. He is one right. blue, one colorless. He has a zero two creature. He taps to loot, which means draw a card and discard a card. If there are five or more cards in your graveyard, flip him. He turns into a planeswalker. I don't have the text in front of me. Want to read the planeswalker version? Uh, the planeswalker does. Uh, it is. A, it comes up with five loyalty. It pluses to up to one target creature. Gets minus two, minus zero until end of turn. So pseudo fog, which is like a Jace thing. I think he's confusing people. Uh, minus three, which is the important one. You cast target instant or sorcerer card from your graveyard this turn. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So pseudo snapcaster mage. Uh, one of the cool things about this, though, is that you can remand that spell and you get to keep it. Because it's not... Wait, because it's not exiled? Yeah, so you can cast something and then remand it. It doesn't exile no matter what. It exiles if it gets put back in your graveyard. Got it. Um, 
which a lot of people at Twitter yelled at us because last time we talked about it, we said the opposite. Thank you, people on Twitter, for correcting my knowledge We're about stuff. real dumb when it comes uh, to that And then uh, a minus nine, if you get an emblem about something about milling them a bunch. doesn't matter. Sweet. The point is you get repeatable Snapcaster mage on a stick that is also there, draws you cards. Is there a Jace ultimate that, aside from uh, the one that's illegal in modern, is actually worth talking about? Uh, yeah, Jace... Um, the four drop one that uh, factor fictions as a minus or like yeah. mini factor yeah. fictions. Oh, it's oh, yeah, big yeah. minuses. You get to search their best spell and your best card and put it in the play. So with doubling season, you can actually just play him and then and ultimate Emrakul, and you get Emrakul in play. Yeah. Or you get multiple. Yeah. Like there are, you get their best four things and you get Emrakul cause you get to get your next chase into your next chase and your next chase yeah. getting their four best things and your best thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really, it's pretty good. That's <laughs> the thing to do. Uh, beyond that, <laughs> I don't Baby think the Jace five, is not worth five it. Five drop is bad. Baby Jace is bad. Five drop, five drop. You're not good. Yeah, I think that's it's the only one. I mean, I mean it, that's that's a pretty, that's three really good ones. <laughs> the trade off. Well, one Jace. of the, I mean, good Jace like removes their entire deck from the game, right? right and right. makes them kind of discard their whole hand because well, it becomes he's their deck. Modern, so it's not right. Good. That's true. We're not talking about good him. Jace is also one of the five best cards ever printed. So yeah, it actually, in some people's opinion, is the best card ever printed. I think they're wrong. It's not better than Black Lotus. They're top, incorrect. Top five, though. Uh, and it's not better than Ancestral Visions. Or Recall. 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 Yeah. Well, it's another conversation another time. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're Jason's both, my we're number, number four. Is that he number your three? Yeah. So Okay, so talk about him as your number three. Why, why would you say he's better than Remand? So our number four and three are switched. I oh. have a feeling, by the way, that our number four or three are going to be separate, switched, and our one and two are going to be switched. You really think Serum Visions is the best card in Modern? Oh, no. Okay, we got it. Okay, correct. All right. I, so, I, I knew it. Spoilers. Yeah. All right. So talk about Jace. Tell me why he's better than Remand. Everybody was wondering. I mean, like, there's this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, the reason that Jace is better than Remand is because, as good as Remand is, I I would find myself cutting Remand in some number from a number of decks I would build that would possibly want a value counter spell. But if the deck wants Jace, which seems seems like more and more decks in modern Correct. that if you're building them want him, you want four of them, and you're never going to have more less than four because if it's a deck that wants to play him, that can play him. He's like the best thing to see in your opening hand. He's literally the best card. Like you don't, there's no card you want more. And the thing is, like the crazy thing is, I've played, I've played a lot of games now with this card. Uh-huh. Like I've gotten to actually experience it quite a bit. But the thing that I've seen more is that in the highest levels of tournament play, this insane balancing act, the interaction that he has with Colgan's command, is so crazy. Like you see these people just like. Just like whatever, yeah, sure, I'll yeah, all right, I'll just like uh, flip him, and then I'll flash back the spell, and he dies, and then I call Gon's command and get him back and replay him, and then like he's just like he's there to be like played and recycled and played and recycled and played and recycled, and that seems to be how he works. You don't need him; he's so cheap that you don't need to worry about recycling him because you for two mana if you can get him back, you'll just replay him again. Yep. And that is insane to me. That's why he's... He's very good. He's ubiquitous in the top blue decks, and it seems to be more and more that way. Such a new card. In defense of your point, Remand has much more competition for what it does. True. Where Jace is a very unique card. And it's the second best version of what it does. And there's an argument made that what it does is different than the other version, which we will get to in five minutes. (laughs) But in the sense that he... Encourages you to play with sorcery speed spells while Snapcaster Mage encourages you to play with instant speed spells. And Remand is one of the reasons that Jason and Remand don't get along as well is because of that reason. Okay. So let's... So let's... Number two. Okay. I, I believe our number two is the same. Yep. Is and it? Does it start with <sighs> an S and end with a Visions? <laughs> yeah. So I, what I want to do... Serum Visions is one blue. It's a sorcery. It says... Draw, draw a card. card scry, two. scry two. So... We're going to talk about Serum Visions for a total of 30 seconds because we've now talked about Serum Visions on the Top 10 Commons episode as the best common. This is the most played blue card on the planet. It is one of the linchpins of the format. There's an argument to be made that based off of other bannings on the ban list, it probably could be banned and the world wouldn't be that worse off without it. And We also talked about it as the number one card on Top 10 cards from Mirrodin block. Right, so, but that's unfair. Like, it, most blocks... If there's yeah. a single card, like they're going to be on that. My point is, we've talked about this card. Like Snapcaster Mage is incomp- possibly the most powerful card from that block as well. So as let's is just say Remand. Serum Visions is the worst version of Preordain and Ponder and Brainstorm, it's but it's still very, very, very good. Kessler likes to say hashtag Batman. It yeah, it's not the hero <laughs> we want; it's the hero we deserve, and it's a great card for modern. It helps a lot of strategies. There has been a movement in the last several years to play it. 
as more of a an actual like an actual support card to multiple strategies that just want more selection as opposed to like an actual combo card. And I think it's probably correct. It's one of those cards that you the same feeling. You feel safe when you see it in your opening hand. As long as you don't have three of them in your opening hand, like you usually feel really happy to see this card in your opening right. hand. And it's great. So, so that's way more than 30 seconds. Let's move on to right. the best card. So here he is. The one, the only, the best creature in modern and possibly magic's history. This is the best card in modern. It's not just the best blue card. It's possibly the best card in modern. It Snapcaster is. Mage. Tiago Chan is on the front cover of this guy. Also, indoor, unless you have one of the new promos, the RTP yeah. for next year, uh, which is like guy playing soccer, soccer yeah. dude. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, which would be weird because you're listening this far into a magic podcast and this is the yeah. most ubiquitous one, uh, he is a 2 1 flash. For one blue and one colorless, uh, when he enters the battlefield, you can give target sorcery or instant card in your graveyard flashback, which means you can then cast it from your graveyard. He is... We were talking about how Cryptic Command is nuts. We were talking about how Remand is nuts because of versatility. We were talking about how Colgan's Command is nuts. We talked about how Jace is nuts. This guy does all of those things because he can cast those things from your graveyard. The reason Cryptic Command is even close in contention to one of the played cards in the format is because you can cryptic into Snapcaster Mage, into Cryptic, into Snapcaster Mage, into Scapeshift, into killing your opponent. So here's what I was thinking. All right, so like, let's just take, for instance, let's say, what are the what are the most similar, like, three to five abilities in Modern that have the same exact deal as Snapcaster Mage? Like, so like, okay, color to color, Really, for the same level, of, for the same cost, you have the other, the Jace, which we already talked about. That's uh, one. Jace, Snapcaster Mage. Uh, you have um, Tarmogoyf, which is just the no, most no, no, efficient no. creature. Not, ever not, not, not like, because he doesn't do anything like oh, that. Oh, Rebuy. So, like, Eternal Witness. Would be okay, the third so, one. so Witness is three mana to get the card back, right? And it's not Flash, so it's it's worse, obviously. It's uh, But it gets any card back and yeah. not just Sorcery and Instant. So, I would say it's not necessarily worse. And it yeah. doesn't exile it when you cast it. So this is this is my point. Is like let's let's just run over like two or three of them just just go, because I've had the, the thought a bunch of times now as I've tried to build decks both in this format and in like slightly more casual formats. What can I come up recoup, with? Recoup, which is a target creature gets flashback in your graveyard. The red card, you know, the other red card recoup. It's not creature. It's a, I think it's just Sorry, target, target sorcery. Target sorcery gets flashback. Yeah, and it has flashback also. And it has flashback also. It only costs two. So it's like it's actually in in terms of like eternal formats and like casual formats. But it is also a sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. Then you have the green cards that aren't creatures, but just like so. Uh, treasured new, treasured find is one black, one green, and it's in modern. And it's exile this card, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, okay. You're just talking about different regrowth effects. There's, I mean, there's there's a, a chunk, but the fact that this comes attached to a creature that can then beat down as a win condition. So like, the point is, what we is... Go on a long, there's a long list of cards yeah. out there that rebuy cards from your graveyard. The true value of a 2-1 creature at 2 mana that flashes in, how good is that with the ability, like... Well, but any effect on a flash 2-1 two, two for 2 puts it in contention for being strong. Agreed. I just mean, like, like this is Stone to Forge me... Mystic is a 1-2 two for 2 without flash that is super strong because it tutors but if you have no tutors in your deck you're still like oh at least i have a one two that to strap an equipment to like so it, it okay so my point is this if this is the best card in modern which i think it is but it's definitely the best blue card in modern it was both on our list of number one why is a two one for two with incremental value attached to it so good like what versatility makes- we talked we had an entire episode about how important versatility is i just went on a rant on how great cryptic command is and I went on around on how good Remand is. And the fact that this card, like, one of Magic's flaws, and it's one of the things that makes it good, but a flaw of the game is consistency. Sure. That, like, one of the barriers that a deck is trying to beat, and one of the reasons Brainstorm has always been so good, one of the reasons Ponder and Preordain and Serum Visions are so good and Jace is so good is because the more consistent your deck is, your plan, the better it's going to be. Right. Because if I can say... This plan that I think is good enough to win is going to happen 100% of the time, then I'm going to win 100% of the time. So Snapcaster Mage makes your deck more consistent. It right. makes it, But it also does it in a way that gives you choices and versatility and comes attached to a creature that can just attack and kill their creature. Is a 2-1 that blocks. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Like this is, I mean, this is a linchpin in a ton of strategies in Modern. And, I, and it's in the time since Modern launched, it's, it's risen from like... But like eighteen dollars like, to like hundred and twenty or something, whatever this card goes for now. Other than Vendillion Click, Masters of Waves, and Jace, 
every other card on my list, that's not true. And in Solar Effect Conspiracy. But Ram, Serum Visions, Gitaxian, Probe, Cryptoman, like, they're up there because of that factor. Because he's so good. Like, the format is dictated by the fact that Snapcaster, Mage, and Lightning Bolt exist together. Yeah, I mean, Snap Bolt, Snap, like, Bolt, Snap Bolt is, like, one of the most ubiquitous phrases in the format. And it's like, I mean, yeah, again, this is not one of those things where it's like, the mid the mid range cards are almost more interesting to talk about because like we've talked about Snapcaster and Serum Vision so much. Um, the point is like from a financial standpoint, what do you what do you have to say to our listeners as far as like if you don't have your set, it's five it's five hundred dollars to get a set of them, right? At this point, is it no? 120? What it's no? Not, Snapcaster Mage is not one hundred and twenty bucks. What's he go for? It's now? under eighty. Is like, it really? Yeah. Oh, because he was over hundred for quite a while there. No, he was never over hundred. Snapcaster Mage has never been over hundred bucks. Definitely was. He's sixty dollars right now. No, definitely was not. Snaps is sixty. Well, was one seventy five. Really? Yeah. I can get snaps for sixty dollars. Yeah. But shadows of Ernestrat's coming. I I would be. So be okay. Let's talk about this because it's being reprinted as the RPTQ promo. Yeah. The chances that Snapcaster Mage is a going to be printed in. Innistrad, the, the return of the Innistrad is so unlikely because they don't want their gift to their new players to be ruined beyond the fact that I also don't think it's I think it's way too powerful for standard and also it's going to probably be in Modern Masters 3 and oh, and it's going to be the linchpin of sale. I, I don't think Liliana or Snapcaster Mage will be in Return of the Innistrad but like they will definitely oh, I think Liliana the person might be but I don't think Liliana of the Veil will be in uh, Shadow of the and they will almost certainly both be in Modern Masters 3 They'll yes, be the selling yes, points because yes. do you They'll think they're be... going to want to reprint those same cards they've reprinted? I think they might reprint Tarmogoyf. I think they like having Tarmogoyf in Bob's Master sets. Done and V-Click's I think had a lot. Bob of and V-Click are and Kiki Jiki are all out. Bob and V-Click have both like Bob and V-Click like sort of both like got reprinted and like didn't didn't like move. They just like stayed right. at their lower price point and like the idea of them going up against. I can see the reprinting Bob. I can't. See them reprinting V Click or uh, Kiki Jiki again, though. Bob's been like so. Bob's been so fringe in terms of his competitive play recently. Anyway, sure, but they always like to have like two planeswalkers, so it's like a weird. Right. It'd be interesting. Um, All right. So yeah. we, but we, I would say I would say right now is a great time to invest in this. this is the low point of modern is ever going to be? Snapcaster mages are only going to go higher. Buy them now. I guess if you can get them, if you if you take, can get your, a set, take that sweet Christmas money that we all just got. If, uh, you, if you can get a set of Snapcaster mages on ebay for like 220 bucks just do it yeah yeah i guess i mean that's great i thought it was way more expensive than that no yeah that's that's i kind of want to just go like buy it right now right um all right so we have uh we have our battle now our, all our right, five so. to refresh you guys one more time about how this works we're gonna each choose a card we don't know the five cards each other chose we also don't know what order so this can be random when i choose one i can guess one of your cards <laughs> yeah maybe and, it, and it's it's possible. Last time it we, might rhyme with Rand Architect. <laughs> last time we both ended up choosing one of the same cards in both of our lists, and we fought it at different times. So it's possible that we match up with the same cards. So to break down um, how this the, the importance. Okay, so on the podcast we are going to list the rounds, and it's going to be like round one, and then we're going to each say our card, and after saying our card and what it does, we're going to give a thirty minute, thirty second uh, little pitch on what you could do with that deck, uh, and I'll be timing with the recording device that we have, and then. On Twitter, you're going to go at the MMCast. I'm going to post uh, when the, the day the episode comes out uh, each of the different rounds, and there'll be a little poll. And over those 24 hours, you hopefully will vote. And the winner of all of the polls, so it's five rounds, best out of five, uh, gets a free dinner. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Top, ten, top five blue cards. or top, And, and the category is really... Uh, most underplayed or cards that we would like to see more play of those colors. Uh, so it is not technically an honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mentions would be cards that we thought didn't quite make the top ten. These are more cool cards that aren't even close to the top ten, but would be cool if they saw yeah, more they play. Could sometimes, they could sometimes be close. It depends how you... Actually, none of mine are anywhere near the top ten. All right, so... Um, <laughs> round one. Round one. Fight. Who's going first? I'll go first. So, my first card is Hedron Crab. Hedron Crab is a... One blue, zero two, creature crab. Uh, he has the ability landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Uh, the important crazy thing that you can do with this card is you can target yourself. So this is probably one of the most efficient cards in the format alongside uh, fetch lands to mill yourself. You get six cards plus a turn. 
Uh, with this, you normally are able to get some Venge Vines into that graveyard, as I've talked about many a time. And the nice thing also about Hedron Crab is he is a creature that can trigger your Venge Vines. So most other ways that get stuff in the graveyard aren't creatures. And so he is a cheap creature that gets Venge Vines into your graveyards and then has the ability to get them back. He is also able to, if you get two of them at once, kill your opponent with mill. Very good, Kessler. Very good. Here is your stopwatch to use against me. I, by the I way, it. gave you a full... I gave you a full uh, 14 seconds to describe your card. As soon as you were done describing and started uh, selling me, that was when I started the clock. So, How much? Did you give me 30 seconds? I gave you 30 on top of the All description right, as soon as you were done. Uh, I think that Hedron Crab is sweet. Uh, I tried to build that card in a mill deck in Modern at a PDQ oh, once. Let's move on. We're not supposed to talk about each other's cards. All right. And my number one is a hybrid card. It is Pongify slash Rapid Hybridization. It is an instant blue spell for one blue destroy target creature. Its controller puts a 3-3 green ape or 3-3 green frog lizard creature into play under its owner's control. The reason this is great is because it is a destroy target creature at instant speed for one blue. So the kind of decks that are blue that want an effect that destroys a creature for a single blue at instant speed don't care if they get a 3-3. On top of which, if you want some sort of deck that destroys your own creature to put a 3-3 into play, like Ornithopter or Memnite, it's awesome. It's so unique. Nothing else does this. You have so many opportunities to do such cool things. No other cards in Magic's history at one blue at instant speed do the same things. There's a ton of design space. It's reusable Snapcaster Mage. Very uh, That's it. All right. Good job. Yeah. That was kind of the battle of the, uh, the one drops. Yeah. All right. So... Round two. Uh, round two. You want to go first? No, I just went. Okay. Round two. All right. Fight. Uh, my card is Ideas Unbound. It is two blue mana for a sorcery arcane. Draw three cards and then discard three cards at the end of your turn. Uh, the reason that's cool about this card is that delayed effect. You can cast this at the beginning of your turn, storm off, cast as many spells as you want. It is one of the most efficient dig spells in the format for how cheap it is. And it allows you to use all that extra mana you're saving from casting that spell to cast awesome things like all of the storm spells you need. And then you just win, especially because storm lets you play things out of your graveyard. So you want to put things in the graveyard anyways. I'm done. That's it. You're done. Yeah. You barely need any time. Yeah, that was good. I like that card. This yeah. is a great episode. This is very fun. Yeah, this, this is cards. your favorite color, so you get to play with all your. <laughs> oh, I like I like all your cards, cards and my cards equally. <laughs> I want like a minute each card. Uh, all right, ready and. I guess I get time after my description. Um, number two for me is a card that's called Grand Architect. Guys, I've never this, heard of it. What doesn't this card do? Okay, two blue, Cast one colorless, one three blue creature, artificer, of an Alcan artificer, tons of abilities. Blue creatures get plus one plus one to end of turn. One blue target artifact creature becomes blue until end of turn. Tap and untapped blue creature you control. Add two colorless to your mana pool. Spend this man only to cast or activate abilities of artifacts. It's so, a one three. What did I say? No, that's okay. it. It's just a one. Three. I said one three. Yeah. Uh, again, what doesn't this card do? The point that the point of this card and why it's even on this list, why it's so good, is that number one, it's a lord. Right off the bat, it's a blue lord. Number two, there's only three or four other cards that have ever been printed in modern's history that try to do the same thing as far as cost reduction goes, and this is one of the two that doesn't have to tap with a tap ability the turn that comes in play to do the same thing. So if you combine this with other blue cards, like this has been successful in standard. It has been successful in standard multiple times, and it's been a fringe card in modern. It combines with Peely Pala to create infinite mana. This uh, card's insane. Uh, insane. I have a terrible buzzer voice. I, I apologize to the world for it. Uh, for those who don't know, Grand Architect is My favorite card of his all time. favorite card of all time. <laughs> uh, all right. So next... My, or what, what's the... Number three. Oh, so, so you guys, round two, who won? Yeah, in round one was... Ideas Unbound or Grand, Grand Architect. Architect, yeah. All right, so round three. Fight. All right, I got Muddle the Mixture. That is two blue, a blue and a blue. Uh, instant, counter-target instant or sorcery spell. Uh, you can transmute it, which is the important fact, uh, for one color, two blue. Discard this card, search your library for a card with the same converted mana cost as this card, reveal it and put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. Play the transmute cost only as a sorcery. Now, I've been on the record many a time why toolbox abilities and versatility is important. We just talked about why being able to counter an instant spell right now is so strong. This also is countering sorcery spells. You literally have targets for most decks, but when you run out of targets, you can just get rid of it, get your Tarmogoyf, get your two-drop threat to just start killing them easily. I'd say Young Pyromancer is probably really good with this card. Yeah, I like Model Mixture. It's good. It's a combo card. <laughs> it gets used. No, yeah. I can say Temple. I don't know yeah. if it gets used. Name one deck that you've seen played in the last year. Ones that I build. 
<laughs> all right, all right. My next one is so ridiculous, and my voice is just going because I'm getting over this cold. I sound like a, a damn dying frog. Uh, all right, you ready? Yep. Round four. No, this Fight. is round three. Oh, I'm fighting my third card? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's over on the next call. Lanessa Zephyr Mage. Okay, one blue, three colorless, three, three, legendary creature, human wizard. Weird ability. Blue, blue, X, tap, return target creature card with converted mana cost X to its owner's hand. So it has like a tap, unsummon at converted mana cost X with two blue. And it has this weird ability called Grandeur. Discard another card named Lanessa Zephyr Mage. Target player returns a creature. Then repeats this pro- this process for an artifact, enchantment, or land to their hand. So, why this card is so cool? It is a three three for four, which is really bad in modern. It returns creatures <laughs> to their owner's hands for two plus the casting cost, which is also pretty janky. Granted, it does combine with Snapcaster Mage, which is really good. Most importantly, though, if you're doing some sort of like a boomerang style land denial deck, you can discard this card, get a land, I'm and then on top of it, a creature, an enchantment, and an artifact card, like. You're going to probably two for one every time you draw one of these if you have one in play. And because time of need and other creature tutors exist, it's not that hard. It's a free ability at instant speed from your hand. Like you just discard it and get a two for one, if not a three for one. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So that was round three. Uh, that was Muddle the Mixture and Lanessa Zephyr Mage. Zephyr Mage. All right. Round four. Fight. All right, so I'm going to pick another classic. Spell Stutter Sprite. Love this is a one sprite. colorless, one blue. Uh, for a creature fairy wizard, flash flying with Spell Stutter Sprite, enters the battlefield, counter target spell with converted mana cost X or less, where X is the number of fairies you control. We discussed earlier a bunch of cards that go really well with this card because this is the fairies card. This is the card that is best out of that deck and is probably the strongest in a vacuum, theoretically, because it can be just decent by itself. You just counter spells. And because you got stuff like Bitter Blossom and you got other things and your whole deck is flash-based other than Bitter Blossom, you're just always going to have a bunch of fairies and they're not going to be able to do anything. Eternal formats tend to have a lot of cheap cards that are very powerful, instants and sorceries that cost one. Why are you selling my card? You're right. I shouldn't. You should I just, keep doing that, yeah. I right, like right. Spellstar Sprite. The card's sweet. Is like, Spellstar Sprite sweeter than your card? Everyone just vote for Spellstar Sprite. No, my card's real sweet. Hey, let's go. hey guys, four more dinners. Four more dinners. <laughs> I right. get excited. What can I say? Go. <laughs> All right. My card is called Archive Trap. Ar- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sweeter. All right. Continue. Yeah, it's not, this is not a good matchup. Uh, okay. But like I will say that the very first modern PTQ. Wait, say what Archive Trap is. <laughs> I'm going to read it. The very first modern PTQ I ever went to, I played Archive Trap as a four of. So Archive Trap is a two blue, three colorless instant trap. And if, it, if an opponent searched his or her library this turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the cost of Archive Trap. Target opponent puts the top 13 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So the point is, if your opponent fetches, if you path to exile your opponent, if you ghost quarter your opponent, if they fetch the library for any reason, you get to you get to for zero mana, mill 13 cards. So not only are there a ton of cards that interact with you milling your opponent's graveyard. Fetch lands are also, yeah. I mean, the there's a ton of cards. Their lands. There's Dustmantle Guild Mage that you can pay three mana so that they would lose 13 life if you cast this. There's... Hedron Crab that he already mentioned that combines with this card. There's Glimpse the Unthinkable that mills for 10. There's Jace, uh, Jace's Phantasm, the 5-5 five, five for one mana that flies if you have 10 cards in their graveyard. Like, uh, it's a real thing. For zero mana, the point is, you can mill 13 uh, and then lobotomize their graveyard if they're playing any kind of combo okay, deck and just right, win. All right. All right. Your time is up. <laughs> Archive Trap's sweet. All right. So that was uh, round four. That was Archive Trap versus Spellstutter Sprite. I chose bad cards. <laughs> but my fifth card's so sweet. I mean, you might win that one just from a, like... People love Archive Trap. Spellstutter Sprite is a little bit more established, and you might get, like, creativity points for a card that's not Look, good. Surgical Extraction, you can play for zero and Stop. zero. You can't tell ideas for you. I have Stop. zero lands no, in play. No, none of those. All right. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. No, round five. So this is the last round. Do you want to go first this time, or am I going... Oh, my God. I see your picture. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round five. Uh, my pick is Venser Shaper Savant. Two colorless, blue, blue, legendary creature, human wizard. F- he has flesh. He is a 2-2. When Venser Shaper Savant comes into play, return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand. The is right. It said spell to their hand. This is a counter spell that bounces. It also bounces a creature. It is amazing in blue-white decks because you could play it with stuff like Restoration Angel, letting you bleak it back into play, getting double effects. 
He's awesome. He counters spells. He just does everything I've ever wanted in a card. <laughs> he's the me, coolest me, guy me, on the me, planet. Me. Look how cool he is. He's got a sweet helmet. He like teleports. You've got a sweet helmet. I do. <laughs> I do. I bought it recently. I love it's a Rebel the Helmet. Sorry, I think it's so good. Let me just tell you guys why I think Venture's so good. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> please, please. I want right, that right. dinner. <laughs> I'm going to fight my fifth card. Ben's just going to vote on my side. <laughs> it's it's hard time. for me in blue because I like all 10 of these cards so much. Okay. My fifth card is called Sage of Epitir. It's a wizard. It's a 1 1 wizard for one blue mana. Why does this guy keep coming back in my life? Here's the battlefield. Look at the top four cards of your library and put them back in any order. So, first thing to pay attention to here, guys, is the fact that if you put them back in any order and then you crack a fetch land, you're going to glean the best card of your top four, reshuffle for no cost. He's cheap. He ether vials into play. Imagine combining this guy <laughs> Man, with... Man, vialing into play. <laughs> imagine combining this guy with counterbalance. Imagine pl- playing him with Ethervile, counterbalance, and fairy imposter. So you get a 2-1 flyer that bounces this guy back to your hand for one mana. Maybe you even play them, I don't know, with a card I like to call Grand Architect. You get to play this card with in conjunction of other fairies. Uh, like, it costs one. So if you're going to play it with Disrupting Shoal or counterbalance... How many cards in Modern cost one? He's good early... He's great with fetch lands. He doesn't matter if you have to exile him. This card has, I'm just telling you, play with this card. You will see that it has far more application than you could ever imagine. It's very good. You're out of time, but I think you're fine. I'm done. I don't don't need to make that terrible buzzer sound that I'm bad at. I am really proud of you. You did not pick the uh, two one for three that brainstorms with uh, upkeep. I did it last time. I felt bad. (laughs) <laughs> I would have He was on my list The cold snap card I love that guy um, Survivor of the Unseen So, yeah. so that is That is our uh, It broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> That is our uh, Top Top uh, Five underrated cards That was round five To, to remind you That was Venser Shaper Savant Versus Sage of Epitier So let's just count them One more time So Pongify right. Rapid Hybridization Versus Hedger Crab Ar- Grand Architect Versus Ideas Unbound Lanessa Zephyr Mage Versus Muddle the Mixture Archive Trap versus Spellstutter Sprite and Sage of Epitier versus Venser Shapers of Lot. Your list is so much better, but I still <laughs> I love my cards so much. Though. And I took out like a lot of cards that were just like like what's it called was originally here. Um, Powerful your, card. Your ten. Is... Your number ten. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, uh, Pact of negation. Like that would have been cheap. Yeah, the cards too good to put on this list. I know, I know. <laughs> cheating. I know. I think all my none of my cards see actual play. I guess Spellstar's a little cheating. Kessler, we're like at ninety minutes. Let's, yeah, I know. Let's, let's say our goodbyes. All right. So to remind you, we are the MM Cast on Twitter. If you want to interact with this cool game that we just played and vote to see who gets free food, go to Twitter. It's at the MM Cast. We have polls like today. Uh, I am at Kess Wiley. If you want to follow me and talk to me about cool movies, and uh, I'm probably going to start doing. Like live tweeting while watching movies, and you can interact with me there. I've done the Star Wars movies so far, both of them pretty good. Interesting. I'm Ben Bateman Media. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I do an action movie talk show where we have a good time and, and come up with funny classifications for action movies on the Popcorn Talk Network. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find the Popcorn Talk Network at, at the Popcorn Talk. And make sure to go check out our sister podcast. The Command Zone. They do great Commander content. Jimmy and Josh rock it every week. Um, They sometimes do it twice a week. They cheated. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.